0: You know, to give you a little background with regards to, to the book of Jonah, uh, some later rabbinic tradition suggests that it is Jonah, it is him, who was the widow's son. Now, if you're reading the first Kings, widow's son uh, brought back to life by Elijah. Now, you can find that in first Kings chapter 17, 17 to 24, but there is no concrete evidence uh, for that. But we do know that jonah was no novice you know when it comes to being a prophet he's no novice we do know that he wasn't an apprentice prophet this is a this is not a a one-off call for him because in second kings chapter 14 tells us that jonah is a prophet and a servant of the lord he lived in israel and served god as his prophet as his mouthpiece in fact, in ver, the, his very name indicates that. Now, Jonah means da, da, which signifies messenger, messenger. And we're told that he is the son of Amittai, meaning son of truth. So he is the messenger of truth, God's truth. It was by God's word through him to Jonah that King Jeroboam extended the boundaries of Israel in second Kings chapter 14 verse 25 that was his job as a prophet of the most high God it was his job to listen to the word of God and then communicate it to, to the people so it's not sur- it's no surprise when we read you know the the first chapter of Jonah in verse 1 that the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai it was his job To answer the call. But instead of obeying. Instead of obeying. Instead of doing what God called him to do. What he did. Jonah ran away. So you know the story. Um, I I assume that most of us here knows about the story. But let me uh, say to you this uh, statement this evening. That we should learn to obey God. No matter the cost why you should why did i say say that sometimes when god instructs or commands us we weigh first if the situation is favorable to us then that's the time we decide to obey or we just simply ignore or disobey disobey the commands of god or sometimes we just run away from god because we don't want to do his instructions it's very the same with with what happened to jonah here god wanted him to to go but he went into the opposite direction now we have lessons that we can find here we can draw from this chapter so first lesson that we can find in this passage number one is running away will always cause you to go downward. Now, when you go away from the lord when you run away from the lord especially when you live your life uh, when when we live our life um disobeying the lord notice that your spiritual life your relationship to him will always go downward it doesn't improve It will always go downward now look unto me in verse 3 but jonah rose up to flee unto tarshish, tarshish from the presence of the lord what's the next word (laughs) words and went down to joppa oh and and he found a a ship going to tarshish so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it and in verse 5 it says there that jonah you can find jonah where he is at the bottom of the ship so it's like you know if we try to Uh, picture that into our spiritual life when we try to run away or disobey the commandments of god and and with this we can find that our life our spiritual life will always be going downward downward i remember when when this is the first uh, book well at least the chapter one um, of jonah where um, we translate it to, from English to Hebrew. And um, it's very difficult, but it's a very graphic uh, when, we, when we try to tra- translate it and to compare it with the Hebrew language. It's like, you know, it's a picture of your life. It's always, instead of like this, a relationship towards God, your life is going downhill. And it's very true in our uh, spiritual life. Uh, the moment we, we don't spend uh, with, with God anymore, we can see our, our spiritual life. Now, you can see first that every you know, Sunday, all the services, you, you will attend. Wednesday, you will attend. Soul winning, you will attend. And eventually, one miss, and then, oh, uh, so, it's, it's fine. And eventually, you find yourself only attending one service. Or even it's okay to just skip the whole services in in a week right so as a prophet of God as a prophet of God he wa- he was expected to obey when God commanded him to go but notice notice also God's command to Jonah and number one you can see that the command of God to Jonah in verse 2 it was very clear now it doesn't it's not a vague command but it was very clear Number two is it was very accurate, accurate, because there's a place um, that the Lord told him to do. Number three, it was very specific. It is very specific. So we, now, when we try to think of this, we understand that God can speak to us in our situation as tonight, to, uh, tonight or in our life, God can speak to us in def- uh, different ways. He can speak to us while we read the Word of God, you know, while we spend time in prayer. Sometimes we, He uses circumstances and counsel from other people to speak to us. There are times that it is difficult to understand. I understand that, that what God is, you know, is trying to say to us, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to understand. And even it's hard to, to grasp what God wants us to do in our life. You now I understand that when, when God commands something, there's explicit commands that you can see here. You know, for example, thou shalt not um you know commit adultery that's very clear, right? But something what did you ask yourself, what should I do after I finish college? There's no specific here. And that's why it's very important. It sometimes it takes patience and spending time with him. To know what God wants us, uh, what God wants uh, you to do in your life. However, Jonah's situation, Jonah's situation is different. God's instruction was very clear, was very accurate, was very specific. But Jonah chose to run, to run away rather than to obey. But why Jonah chose to run away? Why Jonah to chose to run away well we can think of different reasons well probably he, he he is scared you know every time when we when we share the gospel right you no know, um you we are afraid to be to be um thrown or not being um you know it, we will be ignored by people it's not the case here or saying Oh, his message was very harsh to the people. That's why he, he don't want to go there. But, but we can think of one close reason, and that is it was his hate to Ninevites. Now, if you look into the history, Assyria was Israel's enemy. So when you see in the map here, when you're look, looking to me, so this is Israel, the northern kingdom. This is Judea, the southern kingdom. And at the north, northern part, is the Assyrians, where, where Nineveh was the, city, the, the, the enemy city, a uh, capital city. They constantly attacked Israel. So they would kill the young men, rape the women. In fact, right around the, the time the story in Jonah takes place, according to 2 Kings chapter 15, the king of Assyria invaded the land. And in order to keep him from killing everyone... The king of Israel made every wealthy Israel Israelite pay fifty shekels of silver to appease the king of Assyria. They were neighborhood bullies. They the Israelites hated them so much. And then, so when God told them to go to preach there, he said, "No way, no way, no way, Jose, no way, highway." He don't want to go there. Why? Because instead of, because he knows that if they turn from their wicked ways, God will give grace. God will have mercy on them. And he wants to, Jonah wants to destroy them. So if we ask, did Jonah get, had a good reason to hate his enemy? Well, probably yes. Human as we are, we are prone to hate, right? Apart from the control of the Holy Spirit, we are prone to hate. What if someone did evil on one member of your family? Um, you know, probably do something w- wicked, evil. What will you do? You will probably feel the same way that Jonah felt. But does it give him the license to disobey God? Of course not. No. Whatever our excuse or reason to hate others because of what they did, God still wants them to hear the gospel. That's very plain or true in the scriptures. The Bible says the Lord is the slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now if you try to look Nineveh, Nineveh is in the east you know if you're looking to me east uh it is what now northern iraq or you 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 like geography so tarsus is in the west so the best as we know it was a city of southern spain so it's like you know west it was basically the on the edge of of then known world uh, it in the completely opposite direction to where god wanted him god wanted him jonah wanted to get as far as he possibly could from god's calling on his life but what we can see here is his life is going downward it's very the same with our spiritual life but you know you can run away from god you know as we try to apply this we can run away from god and not even move jonah moved he traveled but you know if we try to think of it you can know you can uh we can run away from god with not even moving you can run away from from god and not even change your job your church or your ministry If god is calling you to for example uh, you know missionary work in china or in any other places if you know that god is calling you but you sat here sunday after sunday then we should say you're running if god is calling you to get involved with the work in the work here in church but you're glued your seat week after week then you're running recommended by god to go out for soul winning to go into all the world preach the gospel and especially if we have this jerusalem uh, in our city but some people run away from saturday soul winning we are commanded with god by god to give but some people run away and also even make excuses and even you know try to use the scripture that to for them to to just run away from tithing faith promise mission support and we can even sit here and attend services always, but inside, we are running away from God. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14, "The backslider in heart, in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself." So what is God's call uh, in your life, or in my life now? What is god asking you to do what is god is asking me to do now what is the ministry that god is calling you to do and why are we not doing it the question is are we running away from him are we running away from him now the second not only running away would cause us to go down but the second lesson that we can see here is we can run but we can't hide from god we can run but we can hide from god well you notice in this chapter that god did not stop jonah right away from running away so He let you know if you want to run okay go that's what what you want god allowed him to run away as far as joppa and god hit him with a storm god hit him with a storm that is very true in our lives as a christian when we willfully disobey and run from god and he won't stop us actually well if you choose to to stop reading the bible he won't, he won't send a storm to get you reading again if you choose to stop coming to church he won't send an earthquake to shake you up if you choose to pursue relationship with non-christian he won't send a flood to overwhelm you if you choose to career and work before him, he won't send a a fire to wake you up, well, at least for a season. But there's a warning. If you're really the son or daughter of God, if you're really a child of God, and we continue to disobey, then he will send the storm. He will correct us through his word and through our through other people but if we keep on disobeying him god will bring storms in our lives like for example financial health relationship probably your families will you know, do something until you will notice him again until you will notice him again why because i believe god's god loves his own God loves his own. He doesn't want his children to go so far away. But as what I've said, we can run, but we can't hide. We can't hide from God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. So that's, that's who our God is. And number three lesson that we can find not only you know running away will cause us to go downward uh, we can run but we can we can't hide from god but number three others will affect will be affected when we run away from god now, a lot of a lot of christians don't realize this they they would think that then when they run away from god they obey, they, they they do sin it will just affect themselves, you know, their, their own self. But uh, if we try to read here in verse 5, Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to so lighten it up, uh, uh, lighten it of them. You see, sin, you see, um, when Jonah, Jonah, he thought that he can fly, fl- um, flee away from God, fled away from God, but he, re- he doesn't realize that he, he brought his sin towards these people, to the mariners. The sin always affects other people. It is not just us who will suffer the consequence, but also around, around us. Did Jonah think that he can run away from God, but he did not realize that he took his sin with him? The sailors went in the storm because of him. When we disobey and run away from God, we not only hurt ourselves, we also hurt our family, our friends, our workmates, even the church. That's how how devastating the, the sin can do in our lives. Number four is the Final one, where we can see also, not only we can see that running away causes us to go downward. We can, we can run from God, but we, can, we can't hide from God. Not only we can see that others will be affected of our sin, of running away, but also we can see where sin abound, grace always abounds now i will i will explain that because um a lot of a lot of people trying to you know well we are in the grace so it's every time we do sin i know that god is gracious now if we but it's not a license to sin because the apostle paul even in the book of romans he told us that shall we continue in sin grace may abound god forbid God forbid. So we can see here in verses 15 to 16 of the same chapter, it says, So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the man feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the, the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Most of the section of the book of Jonah, you can see the rebellion in his heart. Rebellion. So. In fact, in verse 12, let me read this to you in verse 12 in the same chapter. And he said unto them, Take me up, cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea become unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Now in verse twelve, he would rather die than to obey the command of God. He would rather die than to obey the calling of God to his life. That's how rebellious his heart is. His heart was. Uh, but God showed grace to Jonah despite of his rebellious heart. God's grace always abounds. God's grace always abounds. One preacher said, if sin is like, is like a flood, grace is like a tsunami. Now, we, we can't fully understand or fathom God's grace, right? And even just when, when we try to look into ourselves, who are we before? And when we, when we are in, now into the relationship of Jesus Christ, how God changed us. It's not us, but it's the Holy Spirit that works in our, works in our hearts. And how we compared ourselves uh, when we, before when we, when we are not saved. And now we are saved. And now we are continuing to have that faith in Jesus Christ until He comes back we can't really fathom the grace of god god knew how ev- evil and wicked the people of nineveh but he also knew that there were still innocent people there now look unto me in chapter 4 chapter 4 of the book of jonah and let's read on uh, i will read in verses 10 to 11 then said the lord then said the Lord, "Thou hast had pity on the on the gourd, for the which thou hast not laboured, neither madest it grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should I not, uh, should not I spare Nineveh, the great si- that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons?" that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much uh, much cattle." Meaning there are like six score, uh, thousand of, uh, I should say, we can see here that cannot recognize between the right and their left hand. There are a lot of innocent people there. That's why in Psalm 145, verse 8 says, "The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy." I want to close this in on one uh, in a story. I watched a movie years ago entitled um, "Another Perfect Stranger." I don't know if you know about this uh, movie, but it was it is a fictional movie. Because um, there's, there's really uh, a character there named Jesus, who's, you know, he, who, who usually visited people to, for him to you know, share the gospel to, to the lost. And, and in this story, there's a lady in that movie um, who was an atheist. Um, but deep, deep down, she hated God so much. That's the main reason. No, because there's, uh, that's probably part of another, uh, another sermon when we go to atheists, but that's, that's, um, that's the lady there. Uh, she's an, uh, she was an atheist. She grew up in a, actually, when she was little, she grew up in a Christian family. She uh, grew up attending Sunday school, you know, from, since elementary, uh, since nursery, you know, primary. He, she went to, to uh, elementary years, uh, high school years. She, she's, she was always faithful in attending Sunday school until when she reached her senior year um, uh, where a guy from her school, they raped her. So when she was on her way to college, she met a stranger guy, that's another perfect stranger, uh, in, in, in the airplane. And the guy carefully explained to her the existence of God and came into salvation part. Uh, To make the long story short, she shared her experience back in high school. And and she asked the guy, how can a loving God allow such horrible thing happen to her? Because probably, you know, of all her life, Sunday school, there's always a loving God. Loving God, there's there's always God that will always you know be with her but eventually when this event happened horrible event happened into her life you know, he she can't explain it why God allowed it to happen to her and and she also asked what good the world get on the death of Jesus Christ the world is still in sin after his death more than two thousand years ago, and it's true, right? After the death of Jesus Christ, can you see, you know, greater improvement when it comes to morality of our world? Certainly not. We can't find. In fact, the Bible says, as we come to approach to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can see that. You know, men should be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And the guy replied uh, to her, you know, he, he said to her, there are lots of, you know, there are lots of times we don't understand God's ways, God's ways. And it's true. The world is still in sin. But it doesn't mean that God is doing, is not doing something. It doesn't mean that God is not doing something. And he said, what you see, like, like God is dragging his feet to punish evil in this world, is actually mercy and grace. Because he's always, he always wants people. He always called people to, to, to repentance. No, we are living in the days of mercy. Days of grace. Grace is is not just in the new testament but also we can we can find it in the entire old testament because a lot of people say oh we are now in the days of grace that the old testament is the days of is the days of the law no it's it's all grace we can see that grace is everywhere in the bible god is gracious and even jesus god in the flesh lived a sinless life on earth he was crucified And died on a cross. He was buried. And the third day, he was risen. He is alive right now. And interceding for us. That's grace there. Because he did not, you know, um, let us or wait for every person to call into his name. And because in Romans 5, that God commended his love toward us. that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us Uh, there's a preacher who said while we are you know swimming in the sea of sin uh, on the sea of sin we're swimming you know God reached out his hand towards us no matter how wicked and evil people are God is still waiting and giving many chances to all men so that they may have eternal life through jesus christ also a time to get right with god to those who are running away from him you know, when when we know that there's backsliding christian it's still the day of grace and mercy that he is still calling that they should they should come back because because there would come a time that when Jesus Christ will come back, and he said he will, there's no second chance anymore. So the question is, are, are you running away from God right now? Where do you think, if you're running away from God right now, where do you think you will go? You know, what place or who's the person that you will go that you think is the best than God. Can you ever, can we ever think of a person or a place? You know, uh, you went, we go to vacation always. Is there any place? Or when we go to, if we know people, if, is there any person that is better than God? or that is best than God. No, You agree with me? Nothing. Nothing. The safest place, the best place, is in the presence of the Lord. So when God calls us to serve Him, my prayer is that we should be like Isaiah, not Jonah. We will say, Here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me. Or if God wanted you to do something, here am I, Lord. I am willing to serve you. I am willing to serve you. Let's pray.